0: to consume podcast by me, Bert and Olivier, where I talk about all the things that I consume, with the main framework being my watch a movie everyday challenge. And it's also my daily diary. Uh, uh today is Friday, first day of this week, week, whatever. Um pretty good day. Uh if you'll remember at the end of last week, I was saying I was saying that I sold one of my comic books and I was going to drop it off with this guy. Uh who uh, we've been Instagram friends for a while, and uh, it was a nice time. It was cool. I met him down at uh, Pulp Fiction Long Beach. Not the usual Pulp Fiction that I go to in Culver City. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, of course, like, had a good amount of social anxiety about it. I This is the first new person that I've met in person in over a year. Uh, so, but it was cool. He was a real friendly guy. It was real nice to talk to. We just talked about comics and like life and stuff, uh, for like almost an hour. It was nice. Real, real pleasant. Hope, we, hope I get to hang out with that dude again sometime. It'd be cool. Yeah. Then also while I was out, I drove a lot today. I drove, uh, I, dro- I did like a big loop coming back home so that I could stop by a Sonic because they have a banana pudding shake right now. And I felt like I needed to try it and it was just okay. <laughs> probably not worth all the extra driving and everything, uh, but, um, you know, it was just a banana shake with, like, real bits of banana in it and some little cookie pieces that I hardly noticed, but, you know, not bad, and, yeah, that was most of my day. Um, I listened to the new Ligua, uh, Lingua Ignota album. Pretty good. I think I'm gonna have to give it a couple more spins because uh, I didn't like it as much as Caligula, the album... The last album, but was still pretty good. I think I just need to immerse myself in it a little bit more. But anyways, today's movie. First movie of the second week of the August rush, where I'm only watching action movies. Uh, I watched The Driver from 1978 and uh, made by Walter Hill, who is the guy who made The the Warriors, which I didn't realize until I was reading up on the movie after. Uh, And this movie rules. It just rules. It's very simple movie, uh, very minimal dialogue. The main character, the driver, nobody has names. They're all just their title. The driver, played by uh, Ryan O'Neill. He only says like 350 words in the whole movie. And, you know, it's a real simple movie. The movie starts out with our guy, the driver, doing a getaway for a robbery at a casino. He narrowly escapes, and he gets mad at the guys he did the job for because they were late they weren't out when they said he was a lot like uh fucking what's his name ryan gosling's character in drive because that director just lifted it directly from this or homaged whatever and and then we find this uh, detective uh played by bruce stern who's obsessed with catching the driver and so he sets up this whole elaborate not elaborate but he tries to, he gets another crew of robbers to try and hire the driver to do a heist And like no cops are going to chase them just so that whenever they get to the point, like back with the money, uh, they can arrest the driver and they'll let the other guys go. So it's a whole big operation to catch this one dude just because this one detective is like obsessed with him. And then the job, they do the job, some stuff goes wrong. The like robber tries to double cross both the driver and the cops, uh, doesn't work out for them. And then like another guy who's on the job who didn't like the driver, like, ends up getting the money somehow, and then the movie ends with another, like, sick-ass chase of the driver trying to get this guy, get the money back from this guy, and then at the end they were all swindled or, or whatever, I don't know, it's, just go fucking watch it, it's <laughs> really fun, uh, the car chases are really cool, they're just so well executed, especially the final car chase with the driver and the truck and the other guy and, like, the Mustang or whatever the fuck he was in, uh, a lot of this is take place in downtown Los Angeles and that's fun for me to see uh, downtown back in the 70s. There's also this real wild scene where uh, the crew that are trying to trap the driver they like want to hire him but they like kind of they doubt his abilities so he makes them get in their car get in his car or their car and uh, they're in an underground like parking, garage by themselves and he proceeds to just drive and like meticulously destroy their car by like fucking knocking this window the windshields off or the mirrors off by like hitting the concrete pillars taking the bumpers off he like takes the door off he completely like wrecks this car with them minute. It. it's a very intense scene it's really cool uh yeah i don't know i'm just a sucker for car chases it's so fucking cool i've always felt like i could be <sighs> a a good driver, a getaway driver. Like, it would be nice if there was, like, like, a free day in the city. Like, I guess I just want, like, real-life Grand Theft Auto, because I feel like I could do this. I'm a pretty good driver. Also, while I was watching this, I I realized watching this that, because in the first chase, he drives this real bright blue car as the getaway car, and, uh, I was like, that seems kind of conspicuous. I feel like you'd want something that blend in more, which maybe that did blend in back then, which made me realize that for modern LA, I think my car would be the best getaway car. A black Honda Fit. There are so many black Honda Fits in this city. Like you would just need to like lose the cops around two corners, pull into a Vons parking lot. And they'd never be able to tell which one you are. There'd be so many of them. Maybe I'll, then that'll be my job. I'll, I'll soup up my, uh, my fit a little bit and become a getaway driver. I wonder how many people actually do that these days. Anyways, uh yeah. The Driver. It's a fun, very really simple, very clean movie. Uh with just a lot of cool fucking car shit. So I give it four stars. Yeah. And obviously this movie, apparently at the time, uh, people didn't like it, but it's like got a cult following now. You know, Quentin Quentin Tarantino loves it. Um um fucking Edgar Wright loves it, hence Baby Driver, and, uh, also, what, Nicholas Winding Refn, or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, who did, who did Drive. It kind of makes me want to rewatch Drive, because Drive does lift, it kind of just lifts the main character, um, uh, you know, like, Ryan O'Neill is just, like, a quiet, blonde dude, and then just, like, Ryan Gosling, and, like, they even have Gosling do the same being mad at the guys for being late thing, but it is still, I can't remember it very well, but it's, like, the, the plot definitely doesn't play out the same. And there's also a lot more about Ryan Gosling and that woman that he falls in love with his neighbor or whatever. In this, there is like a kind of love interest, but it's just a girl who works at the casino who also helps him with his money drops. And she's also in the car for, for like the, uh, the final chase scene. What's her name? Isabelle Adjani. She's a French actress. I thought she was Russian because she has like Busty Buffy face and kinda has an accent in this. <laughs> um but uh yeah, so there's not much like a love story. So I think Drive is like a different movie, but it definitely kinda lifts this character and it kind of makes me want to watch Drive again. I haven't watched it in a long time, and I wonder if I would still enjoy it. it also kind of makes me want to rewatch Baby Driver. I just want to watch a bunch of car movies now, which I'm sure there will be more of this month. Uh but yeah, what I say? I already said four stars for this movie. Um and that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, okay. Hey guys. It's Saturday. Uh you know, it's an alright day. Didn't really do much. Um got uh we got panda for lunch. We did the uh, cuz Dexter still needed to try the beyond orange chicken. So we got like a family pack and uh I went to pick it up. I ordered on the app and I went to pick it up and I had to stand in there and wait a while. Uh, because they didn't have any eggplant tofu ready. And it was the longest I've been in a room with a bunch of people without masks uh, since this all started, because there were a bunch of people in there eating. They were busy. They were slammed. Felt bad for them. The guy kept, like, being apologetic and stuff, and even gave me a free drink. But, you know, I tried to exude, like, vibes of, like, it's all good. It's all good. I'm not in any rush. You guys are busy. It's okay. That's, like, always want to be that customer, the one who uh makes the workers feel like it's all good you don't need to freak out you don't need to worry too much you're doing your job cool thank you appreciate it uh yeah no so that was good so we got that food and then me and dexter watched fast nine uh but you know i'll talk about that in a minute um what else did i just kind of worked my way through this week's comics. I'm reading far too many comics, I realize. I need to like start paring down. I especially need to pare down on the ones I've been buying. I think next week's and or this coming Wednesday is another heavy week and I'm dreading it. Uh, I need to get a job. I don't want a job. Uh, uh this all sucks. Today was that uh GCW show that was like right down the street and I just had it on uh in the background while I was reading, not really paying attention. But man, I'm glad I didn't go. None of those matches Seemed that great. And they packed that fucking building. They so many people in that room. And, like, one of the main reasons I even liked that venue is because they, like, they would have, like, three or four rows of chairs around the ring. And then the general, admit like, standard general mission, whatever, was, like, standing. And so you could, like, stand and lean against the wall, have this nice buffer between you and the chairs, and not a bunch of people, like, standing in front of you and everyone sitting down. You could see over their heads and watch the match fucking great, but no, on this, there was just, like, fucking, like, sardines in there, I would have even, I would not have even enjoyed that if, it, if there wasn't COVID, you know, uh, so I'm glad I didn't go to that, but some good news on the, the rest, live wrestling front, the, uh, the double header show, deathmatch show by uh, Crimson Crown Wrestling that I wanted to go to. I think I mentioned either last week or something being conflicted about buying tickets. Well, I read today that both events are going to be held outside, uh, which makes me feel a lot better. I can totally, I'll totally be fine standing outside in a mask and I'll find the spot furthest away <laughs> from people. And then I'll get to watch Sage Sen versus Neil Diamond Cutter in person three days before my birthday it'll be nice. So I, I immediately bought tickets once I read that. you got a combo pass for both. I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully I can convince some other people to go. We'll see. Um, what else? Well, I guess that's it for the diary portion today. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I watched Fast 9 or F9, the Fast Saga. And yeah, unsurprisingly, it fucking ruled. it's, it's everything I wanted from a Fast and Furious movie. You got your overwrought, heartfelt, um, emotional beats about family, and those all hit for me, and then you also got the ever-escalating action, and, and it was all, uh, sick as fuck. It's so, like, that first, there was, like, a first chase sequence in, like, the Central American jungle, which would have been, like, the climax of Fast 4, uh, but no, now it's, uh, now it happens in the first half hour and yeah, I, I guess it just came out. I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen it. I'm not going to spoil everything because I want, I think you should all go watch this. Go watch the entire fucking series. It is the best American movie franchise. Uh, and I love it. John Cena's in this. Uh, yeah, most of the old cast, uh, but the rock's not in it, uh, because he can't fucking get along with anyone. <laughs> and then they bring in John Cena as Vin Diesel's brother and it's great it fucking rules. Uh, John Cena's amazing. I liked this whole story. It's ridiculous. Like, they, like, actually, apparently this is the first Fast and Furious movie that's not told in a linear fashion because there's a lot of flashbacks. We get to see, uh, how Dom's dad died, like, the way he told us that it happened in the first movie with the crash, uh, at the racetrack. And, um, so we get to see, like, young Dom and young John Cena. And then, learned that because John Cena always felt like he was in Dom's shadow, he then goes on to become, like, a super spy who uh, is trying to take over the world with this weapon thing that they don't really explain. Like, they say once, like, he can control all the weapons, computer systems, and that's about it. Uh, It's not the important part of the movie. The thing that the main world ending... that they're trying to stop is not the important part the important part is these two brothers relationship and it's just so funny that john cena was driven to get out of his brother's shadow by becoming this this like mega spy while his brother um 20 years ago was just uh stealing dvds dvd players though i guess it is 20 years i don't know it's just really funny this whole series it is both like It's crazy how it works, like, on all levels. It is both, like, actually funny, actually emotional, actually heartfelt, and also, like, you can see it as funny from, like, an ironic point of view and, like, cheesy, and it's just, I fucking love these movies. I need to get all of them on, like, 4K, whatever. Um, So, yeah, I guess I won't go into any more, so I don't spoil it. Go fucking watch it. It's great. It's, you know, F9 gets a 4.5 stars from me. And yeah, that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. It is, uh, Sunday. We did not end up going to that Offspring show, unfortunately, which sucks, you know? It seems like it could have been fun, but, and, like, they posted their set list on their Instagram stories, and it was a great set list, but Dexter was turned off because they had said that, like, you need proof of vaccination or a clear test within the last like two days and he had to wear a mask to go but then he got a message from the chargers earlier like in the morning it was like a no before you go thing and it was saying that they would not be checking for vaccinations or for a negative covid test that by having a ticket that is you attesting that you have one of those two things so you know just more honor system bullshit uh and like they, and they were also on the Instagram stories for the Chargers. They showed like pictures of people in line, no masks, no nothing. Uh, so instead, Dexter wants to go get his nose pierced. He got a little hoop on his left nostril. It's cute. It looks like it fits on him. Uh, and then we went to Barnes and Noble so he could buy some manga for himself. And he also, we were like looking around at the DVDs and records and we noticed the offspring records and then conspiracy of one and the newest one. Uh, and Dexter was like, fuck it. I'm going to bring Offspring to us. And he got those two records, uh, which, you know, buying Offspring records from a Barnes and Noble is very silly, but whatever. He wanted to do it. (laughs) Um, uh, but you know, besides that pretty chill day, didn't do anything else. We got Del Taco and it was fine. Uh, so yeah, anyways, so today's movie, (laughs) um, was fucking stupid. I watched Drive Hard from 2014. And no, you've never heard of this movie. Uh, it was on Tubi. I can't remember exactly why it was on my list, but, or like how I heard of it, but it was on my list because it's Thomas Jane and John Cusack and a movie that is billing itself as like a high octane crime thriller. Uh, but it's not, it's fucking stupid. It's, (laughs) so, uh, it takes place in Australia, the Gold Coast, uh, the town Gold Coast. So, And, uh, Thomas Jane is a former race car driver who now lives in Australia and he has a wife and a kid and he's unhappy with his life and he's teaching, he's a driving inspector. And then one day he goes to work and one of his student in the morning is John Cusack. John Cusack brings him to a bank and then John Cusack robs this bank. And he, like the rob, the bank robbing sequence is funny because it just shows him walking in and immediately he's at a safe opening it and he takes a, um, a briefcase out full of bonds and he walks out and he immediately starts shooting at all the the cops the security guard and the security guard just starts shooting back at him and it's so funny watching <laughs> john cusack uh shoot this gun at this uh security guard because you can tell he's not trying to aim he's not trying to make it look legit nothing none of that and then but then the security guard just like unleashes and opens fire at him and then jumps back into the driving uh instructor car thomas Trains freaking out uh but then John Cusack makes him drive and the cops start chasing him and the cops are just like unloading their guns the entire time and like I know I've only been to Australia once for a week but I'm pretty sure like the vibe down there was not like here like I don't think gun like cops there are as trigger happy as uh cops here I even like looked up the like police shooting stats or whatever and I think they had like 20 shooting police related shootings as opposed to our, like, thousands every year? I don't know. But my hunch was correct in that this was a movie written to take place in America, and it's also supposed to have Jean-Claude Van Damme or something. But then I guess the writer wanted Thomas Jane and John Cusack, and John Cusack had a window in Australia for a little bit to shoot this movie, and they just jumped on it and did it, and they shot it in 18 days. So yeah, so they're doing this chase and like, the little shitty, like, driving structure car. And there's some kind of fun stuff, some, like fun driving things in here but like nothing too crazy and then it just turns into like they like get away from the cops initially they switch to a a nice like mustang but i think because this was a nicer car that they had to take care of they were not as reckless with this one <laughs> so the driving for the rest of the movie not as cool as it was in the shitty little car at the beginning and um and then it just becomes John Cusack and Thomas Jane like bullshitting with each other and having this like back and forth over this like really mediocre dialogue but you can tell they both kind of don't give a fuck and they're having fun uh and so that's fun to watch um yeah overall it's just it's just so stupid like there's a part where their car starts to break down so they stop at this like vineyard that's on the way uh where there's like a ready wedding reception a wedding reception later and this old woman's like running the place and says they can wait and while they're waiting uh, he, uh, the woman turns on the TV and sees that these are the two bank robbers that everybody's chasing. And then she gets a gun and starts just trying to kill them. (laughs) Which I don't, I just don't think that that's the Australian vibe. Maybe I'm giving Australians too much credit. It it was just weird. (laughs) And then they like, later they stop at a gas station and the kid at the gas station working it does, has the same instinct and he pulls out a shotgun. Um, I don't know. It was just, the whole thing's ridiculous. There's, like, a subplot of, like, Thomas Jane's wife not respecting him, and, like, John Cusack kind of talks him into, like, talks Thomas Jane into, like, asserting himself in the relationship, and uh, I don't know. They get to the end. They actually stole the bearer bonds from, like, the mafia or some shit. It's this, like, shitty kid, like, young mafia guy, and then John Cusack shoots him in the dick, and he gets away, and then Thomas Jane, uh, goes back to being a race car driver, uh, the end. (laughs) uh so you know it's a stupid movie it's not really worth anyone's time uh but it's on tubi if you want to watch it for free uh it's like 90 minutes so it's not too much of a time waster uh so yeah like normally i'd probably give uh did i even say the title of the movie this whole time it's called drive hard uh which is a really (laughs) bad name uh so yeah drive hard I probably would have given a 2.5, but because I really did enjoy just watching John Cusack and Thomas Jane be a couple of stupid weirdos uh, bullshitting with each other, uh, I give it three stars. And that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Hey guys, it's Monday. Um, today was fine. Uh, Dexter, uh, Dexter's birthday today. He had to work, unfortunately, but you know, he seemed like it was a seemed like it was a pretty easy day i uh got him some my hero academia action figures for his gift because uh, they were on sale i also i also pre-ordered him another gift but it was supposed to get here today but then they pushed it back a month so he's got something else to look forward to uh i don't think he actually listens to this but i'm not gonna say it just in case uh i got him a. I i went to the store after i dropped him off to get a uh, a cookie cake for him, and I got something. I got just one, the one with the most icing on it, and I got a little, so yeah, the one with the most icing on it. And I got him my uh, and I got the little uh, writing gel so I could write happy birthday, Dexter. It looked terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I also didn't realize when I got home until I got home that it was actually a, a big round brownie with icing, but it still was pretty good. And then after work, we went and uh, he wanted Wendy's, so we drove through Wendy's and then we watched Pacific Rim. Because it's his favorite movie, uh, so I'll I'll talk about Pacific Rim later. But uh, two life updates before we get to that: my my unemployment actually got extended, so that's cool. I don't did I even I don't know if I said this already. I might have said it yesterday. My brain is I'm so tired today. Just too much sugar. and just low energy, but I I don't think I said that my, I actually got my unemployment, I got my money, I have $9,000, and the way that they worded the, uh, the, uh, the work search requirement, there's no minimum required, and if I just look at Indeed once or twice a week that seems to be enough so that it's which is nice because i'm not forced to like apply to a bunch of bullshit jobs that i don't want and still technically be in the right i just gotta hope that uh the castle doesn't report me for refusing to work even though they sent me an email with a date that would be impossible to reply to and whatever i don't think they will if i get the next payment with no problems then i'll feel better more secure and then my other life update is I feel like I fractured my foot, and I don't know how. There's a very, my left foot feels very badly bruised. It's been kind of hurting for the past few days, but now it really hurts. And I feel like it might just be from working out, because I don't remember dropping it. I might have just, like, did a sprawl and landed the wrong way. <laughs> it was, the man-maker mayhem was too much for me. Uh, so now I gotta take a break and let this heal. And hope that I don't need to go to the doctor. Uh, this always happens. Like three weeks, three or four weeks into a workout program, something will start hurting in my legs bad enough to where I can't do it anymore. And then I stop working out and I go into a rut for like 10 weeks. But, you know, I'm still down 10 pounds so that's nice. I just got to keep my eating in control. <laughs> I just said out a lot of sugar today, so you know how that's going. And, uh, yeah, so like I said... We watched Pacific Rim, because it's Dexter's favorite movie, uh, and it does still falls into the action guidelines, <laughs> so that's nice. I thought about watching, like, trying to force in another movie, uh, since I'd already seen this. I've seen this a few times, and I don't really have much I want to say about it, but I was too tired, and I spent all day uh, reading Criminal by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, so I'm too tired after the movie to... Watch another one, but yeah, Pacific Rim. I like it. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's just a p- bunch of big action that looks pretty cool, and there's some heart in there. The Jaeger designs are fun. The Kaiju are fun. Uh, I like reading about Guillermo del Toro making it because he seems like he loved making this, and he was like super into it. Uh, he just seems like a nice man, and I would like him to do or to be able to do whatever he would like. I saw apparently this movie was only made because he was supposed to make. At the Mountains of Madness, that Lovecraft story or whatever, but, and, like, with Tom Cruise involved, that fell through, and, like, he says that when that fell through, he, like, cried for a whole weekend, which was, like, oh buddy, it was so sad. But then he made this movie, and it seems like they had a lot of fun making it and, like, doing all the designs and trying to make something that captured, like, the spirit of old, like, kaiju movies and, like, anime mechs without, like, without trying to directly rip off any of them. And I think they did a pretty good job with that. I Like like I said, I like all, a lot of the designs. The Russian Jaeger is probably the coolest. Like, come on, Cherno, Alpha. And, you know, the acting is fun. The, the, the actors do a pretty good job. There's not a, it's nothing mind-blowing, but you get, like, they pull us some of the emotional moments. The main guy is funny. I can't, who's, is it Charlie Hunnam? Am I wrong? Yeah, Charlie Hunnam, which, where is he from? English. He's an English actor, and, like, you can tell that he's, like, playing an American in this And someone some is like His walk is really funny in some parts of this. And then Idris Elba. It's wild how young Idris Elba looks, uh, since we just watched, uh, Suicide Squad. Ron Perlman in his ridiculous role. Uh, his costume's great. Charlie Day is fun. Uh, yeah. Though, watching it this time, I did, I did just keep thinking, it was like, is this really the best way... To fight, uh, the kaiju with these big mechs. And I know that's not what we're here for. We're not, this movie's not here for, like, logic or anything. But I just felt like, I don't know, why don't you just nuke them? Or, like, some really big guns from orbit or some shit. I don't know. Also, the way that the Yakers work, like, you gotta have the two pilots and, like, you enter each other's minds or whatever. You drift. And, like, you need to, like, enter, like, the interface so you can control the robot. Which is a cool concept, but it seems unnecessary, like, why not just control it with, like, an Xbox controller, like, <laughs> mean, uh, but, you know, it's, it's fun, you can't think about this stuff too much. I also really like in the, um, in, like, the, uh, critical reception part of, uh, the Wikipedia for this, which I didn't read the whole thing, I don't need to hear what some stuffy fucking critic thinks about this movie. But Hideo, Hideo Kojima, the guy who made the Metal Gear Solid series, he said that this was the ultimate otaku movie and he felt like lucky and blessed that he was alive to this movie like this made, like he didn't think it could happen in real life. And that makes me happy. I like that uh, Hideo Kojima enjoyed this so much. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. So, four stars. For Pacific Rim. I would probably, honestly, like, give it a 3.5. But, I like that it's Dexter's favorite movie. And I like that Hideo Kojima was so happy. And I think Guillermo del Toro is a nice guy. So, uh, four stars. I feel like I'm gonna learn that, like, there's something wrong with Guillermo del Toro. And he, like, said some fucked up stuff. Or something. But, fuck it, whatever. That's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. It is Tuesday... I am tired. Uh, feet still really hurt, so that's fun. Didn't really do <laughs> anything today. Dropped extra off at work. I did laundry and I read comic books. Um, oh, I got my uh, my copy of Queen of the Ring by Jaime Hernandez in the mail from Love and Rockets. Uh, really good stuff. It's just a lot of drawings of women's wrestling uh, with like an interview from him through it. Fucking really cool book. Really cool art. I really need to go through and buy all of Love and Rockets and collect all of it. That's a big undertaking. Anyways, today's movie. I went ahead and finally watched Tokyo Drift from 2006. Fast and Furious, you know, and you know. And, and no surprise, I loved it. It was fucking great. <laughs> it was fun. It is really weird to go back to this one after watching f9 and have like the movie actually be about cars and racing and getting better at racing and like the climax was a car chase or a race uh but yeah so if you don't know this is the one fast and furious that doesn't have paul walker and vin diesel except for a little cameo at the end uh from vin diesel but spoilers uh and instead we're following I can't remember the character's name. Sean? Yeah, Sean Boswell, played by Lucas Black. And he's, like, a troubled, like, high school senior who likes cars. Uh, We have an opening scene where he, uh, he gets into a fight with the older brother from Home Improvement, Zachary Ty Bryant. And Zachary Ty Bryant's girlfriend offers to, like, office herself up as the prize for a race. And so they go to an abandoned, like are not abandoned it's like a suburb development that's still being built and they do this like wild race for this girl uh through this like suburb construction and it's set to bob to by kid rock so already i fucking love this movie it's great it's a very cool race uh couldn't have picked a better song and so during the race sean like blast through a building that's a house that's being built causes all this damage they get into like an accident and the other two kids almost get killed uh they all get fucked up and since his mom can't handle him because this is like the third town that they've had to move to because i guess he keeps getting in trouble uh he sent or she sends him away to live with his dad in tokyo because his dad is a navy guy so he goes to tokyo interrupts his dad with a sex worker uh first thing uh and then he goes to school and there's like fish out of water hijinks but then he meets little bow wow and little bow wow uh, who is playing a character named twinkie in which today actually i listened to the newcomers episode about reviewing this that came out today part of the reason why i watched it so i can listen to that podcast and uh, john Gabriel has pointed out something that i think is really smart so little bow wow's character's name is twinkie but that's also like a slang uh, term or a slur referring to an Asian person who acts white—you know, yellow on the outside, white on the inside—which uh, is probably what Justin Lin are the uh, and the are the writer like wanted an Asian guy to play this character. But then the studio was like, "No, we need more star power. Let's throw Lil Bow Wow in there," and that's how we get a, a movie where Lil Bow Wow is called Twink the entire time uh which is very funny and yeah so so twink introduces uh sean to the local racing drifting scene where we meet han who we know and love from the other fast and furious movies and han is just great it's always nice to see him he's just instantly charismatic and uh of course he like because he likes uh this other guy's girlfriend he has to do a race the other guy's name is uh takashi Uh, but everyone calls him DK for Drift King, and Sean is immediately horrible at drifting. He's, like, slamming his car into walls and shit, which, like, I don't know how you get into a race and you're borrowing someone's car, and then as soon as you, like, slam into a wall the first time, you don't just stop and be like, oh, (laughs) I guess I suck. I can't do this. But no, he just keeps going, completely fucks up this car, uh, which loses the race, which indebts him to Han, which is how he gets wrapped up in Han's, like, family or whatever. Uh, yeah, then there's like tension between him and DK while he's learning how to drift and he's becoming a part of this like kind of crime, uh, family thing. And like, but they don't really explain what the crime is, we just know that money is changing hands. And then DK's uncles and the Yakuza, we learn that Han has been like skimming money from them or something, so they get into a chase where they're going to kill Han for the money, or try to kill them and get the money, but then Han crashes and dies. Uh, which is so wild, like, when you... Because you watch the rest of the movies, Han is there in 4, 5, and 6. Well, I don't know if he's in 4, but 5 and 6. He's there, and they, like, retcon it. So this movie, <laughs> uh, where everyone has flip phones and shit, uh, apparently is supposed to take place in 2013, uh, and then, like, apparently it was actually... Jason Statham who kills Han, but then fast nine, they write it again to where he actually didn't die. Mr. Nobody like set up a fake death for him. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyways, then we get to like, so Han dies and then the final showdown is like Sean challenging DK to a race and it ends with them doing a drift race down a mountain. Uh, and Sean wins of course. And then Vin Diesel shows up at the end. <laughs> like they cut, they cut back to like, the parking lot party where, like, scene not the same scene, but like the parking lot where Sean first does the drift race and he sucks, but like now he's like part of the scene and everybody loves him. And he hears that a guy wants to race him, but he's like, nah fuck that. I don't want to race." Uh, then he like then Twinkie tells him that this guy knew Han, so he goes and it's Vin Diesel in like a fucking badass Plymouth, and he's like, "Yeah, Han was family. He used to roam with me and my crew." And it ends with them, like, starting a race. Which, like, I want to know how much planning was in this. How much they knew if that was just, like, a, was it supposed to be an easter egg. Like, oh, Han new Dom. And, like, they weren't going to explain it. Because there's no fucking way they could have known in 2006 what Fast and Furious was going to be. And, like, that they were going to have to, like, create this story. And it's, like, time loop Repcon or whatever. It's just really funny that they decided to do this. And that it worked so well <laughs> in the end. Um But, yeah, so, obviously... Probably didn't need to try and recap it that much. I enjoyed this. I'm I'm sad with myself for pushing this off for so long. Uh, But I'm glad I finally watched it. It's good. It's a very solid entry into the series. I even... Everyone like shits on the main dude's acting. I thought it was fine. It's really funny that his screen name is Bama Boy. (laughs) I forgot to mention that. And it's also very funny that uh, Lil Bow Wow's car that he's, like, super stoked on, is he has, like, what looks like a Kia Soul, but it has, like, it's a Hulk-themed car, so it has, like, a giant Hulk face on the front with, like, bristles on the top to, like, simulate hair, and then, like, giant, like, fist prints, like the Hulk was inside it and, like, trying to punch his way out. It's a very funny car, (laughs) and, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this, uh, so I, you know, I have to get four stars, and, you know, that's, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I think that's it for today. Yeah, alright, we'll see you tomorrow. Alright, hey guys. It's Wednesday. Mm, pretty alright day. I spent most of the day driving around to comic book shops. Went and got my uh, usual pools from Mega City. But they were missing one. It was already a heavy week, but I didn't realize they were missing one until I got home. And then I used that as an excuse to go check out Pulp Fiction. Because I haven't been there in a while. And that was nice. Uh picked up the issue of... Uh, the issue of a Spider Man Spider Shadow that I was missing. Man, there's like a really loud hum coming from some of my neighbor's apartments. Like they're actually using their AC, I think. And there's a bunch of dogs barking. Sorry, this, this segment's going to be a mess, I feel like. But yeah, I got that Spider Shadow. And I also uh, picked up in the discount trade paperback section, they had volume one and two of The Defenders by Matt Fraction from like. A long time ago now, it's to be like 2012 maybe? I don't know, I should check. It's a series that I remember loving, uh, but nobody talks about it anymore, so I'm looking forward to reading it and finding out if I was wrong. One of the main things I remember loving about it was they did this thing in in the floppy issues, the single issues, where at the bottom there would be text, you know, like advertising for like other books that are coming out that week and stuff like that. But as, like, the book went on in, like, each issue, those little messages got progressively, like, more personal and relating to the story and, like, started, like, making more jokes. But then the whole story was about, like, this machine that could break the universe or something. So then the, uh, the text at the bottom started just repeating the phrase, everyone you love dies, the universe will break. Everyone you love dies, the universe will break. And... <laughs> and that really stuck with me for uh obvious reasons i think if you're a long time uh listener and um i remember i liked that phrase so much or like wormed into my head that i got you know those like happy birthday you know those like happy birthday uh letters you know to make me kind of like droop down a little bit i got like the ones where you can make like custom ones and i got it to say i like made one say everyone you love dies the universe will break and like <laughs> hung that over my bed uh I think those are still at my old apartment, and they still have them on the wall for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I like that. And I also, I brought, I met Matt Fraction once at, he was doing a signing at Cosmic Monkey. was a shop in Portland, and uh, I showed him a picture of that, and he thought it was really funny. So that was, that was nice. He's a good, he was a nice guy. It was like a good, like, 10-minute talk, because nobody else was there. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, today's movie, I watched Unhinged from it, was, it came out this year or last year whatever uh it's a thriller and I don't so it's about uh fat Russell Crowe like and I and by that I mean like Russell Crowe and he's fat um he is a man who is getting through going through a divorce and like later we learned that he also got fired from his job and everything's gone wrong so the movie starts with him uh murdering his uh ex-wife and her lover and burning down the house And then driving away and then we have this montage of like traffic and news and like weird fear-mongering about like how everyone is like everyone's like so angry these days and everything's worse because our society like puts us in these little bubbles and like you have no choice but to like rage out and lose control uh very stupid i don't agree with that i think like overall like violent crime has gone down though this year has definitely made it worse, but whatever. I don't know the stats, but I just disagree with the premise of this. Uh, it's basically just the bullshit. Like, like we think everything's worse because our, we get all of the news at all the time. And so of course they pump the bad news at us. So we think that everything is bad, but if you like focused on your own like world, it's much better than it used to be. Uh, and there's no golden age that we're pining for whatever so we have this fear-mongering montage and then we cut to uh this family and it's a mom she's a she's a single mom and she's like wakes up late she's like kind of struggling she's going through this divorce she's trying to get her kid to school on time but she can't and then she is a i guess a um hairdresser and she goes to people's houses and she gets fired on the way to trying to bring her son to school because she's going to be late and uh immediately for me uh connected with this family i liked this uh woman what was her what's the actress's name shit i still have the notes for (laughs) fast and furious up uh karen pistorius i liked her a lot uh and so when they're trying to get she's trying to get her son to school uh she ends up behind Russell Crowe and he's sitting at a green light not moving so she just lays in on the horn to get him to move and then he doesn't move and then she just like goes around him she could have just gone around him in the first place uh but that's besides the point she was stressed i get it uh and then Russell Crowe like pulls up behind her or next to her rolls down the window and like tries to get her to apologize for not using a little courtesy tap a little da 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 you know uh to try and get his attention but she is, like, uncomfortable with this, understandably, <laughs> and tells him to fuck off, and that is when he decides to go fully unhinged and teach her a lesson and show her what a bad date really is, uh, and yeah, the whole rest of the movie is just him terrorizing her and being, uh, terrifying. He does a lot of fucked up shit, puts way too much thought into this, and, uh, whatever, I'm gonna spoil this. He, like, kills her best friend. He goes back and, like, to her house and like makes her brother like kill his fiance with a knife it's fucked up uh and it's just very stressful i was very stressed out (laughs) the whole time watching this i was like russell Crowe is just putting me on edge uh yeah but it's a fun ride it's like it's silly and i'm gonna ruin the ending just because i really the line i was just gonna give this a 3.5 but the line at the end really put it over the top uh put really took it up a notch for me so you know uh they like end up lore after like all this crazy shit happens. Oh, there's one part where they're on the freeway and he's in a new car and her and her son are trying to get attention of this cop to like help them. They get the cop to roll out the window and he like finally like, uh gets on his radio, but then right before he can call on anything, uh Russell Crowe does a pit maneuver to him, causes him to spin out, and the cop like spins out, gets set, and he's right about to call on the radio. Then this like fucking cement truck just barrels through his car. Like, I've never seen a car get destroyed like this in a movie. Like, it perfectly, the cement truck drives right through the middle of it and, like, demolishes the, uh, the whole cab of the car. It was wild. But then they, okay, so then they, they, like, Lose him in a development, like a suburb, which I think is where the dad lives. We didn't actually see the whole movie, and they like lure him in there. And it's funny because like earlier in the movie, like the kid was saying that this is like a Fortnite strategy that him and his uncle came up with. So they're doing the Fortnite strategy in real life. Uh, whatever. He like the mom like rams him with a car, but he lives. And then he goes and like he goes in the house, finds the boy, and he's like strangling the boy, and. The mom pulls out these scissors that she was looking for early in the movie. So it was like Deus Ex uh, Candy Cane scissors. Uh, And then she like does like a a leap and stabs him in the eye. And like, and the scissors are like halfway into his brain. But then he still like tries to get up and like attack her. But then she just goes, here, here's your courtesy tap, motherfucker. And just like stomps the scissors into his head. (laughs) And that part... Fucking ruled. So, uh, and then they get away and the cops come and they drive off. And right as she's like an intersection, she almost gets T boned and she's about to honk, but then she stops and the sun says, Good choice. And they ride off into the sunset as this lame cover of Don't Fear the Reaper starts playing. Uh, so yeah, so I don't agree with the fear mongering and I don't agree with her not honking. She's still on the right. Uh, Russell Crowe is just a fat loser (laughs) who, uh, was blaming the world all around him. And just being the perfect like avatar for fucking toxic masculinity and this incel mindset of believing that everything's against you and it's like no really you're just a horrible person uh and you should work on yourself anyways uh i was terrified the whole time and that courtesy tap line was really good really paid off for me so i'm gonna give unhinged four stars i wouldn't be surprised if i'm uh, the person who rated this the highest on Letterbox. I should check that. Uh, but yeah. All right. I think that's all I got to say about that movie. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. All right. Hey guys, it is Thursday, our last day of the week. Um, it's like 4 p.m. I'm recording this earlier than usual. Uh, I still need to edit everything tonight, which I'm not looking forward to. My, like, plan for today was I was gonna drop Dexter off at work, and then come home and just watch today's movie, get out of the way, and then just start editing, record, and then just edit, get it over with. But, uh, I'm just feeling very lethargic and unmotivated today. I haven't even read a comic book today. I've just stared at the computer, and yeah. Well, yeah, so, I got nothing else to say about today, so. Uh, for today's movie, I watched My Lucky Stars from 1985 and this is a kung fu action comedy and i picked it for today because i feel like i needed to get a jackie chan movie in since for the the art for this month i had renee use rumble in the bronx because when you know when you think action movies rumble in the bronx is like one of the best ones one of my favorites for sure or like for my whole life so i feel like i needed i have a couple jackie chan movies on the watch list i feel like i just needed to get one in and so of course Uh, I picked the Jackie Chan movie that has the least Jackie Chan in it, even though he has, like, main billing and he's the biggest guy on the drawing for the poster. It's basically, this movie is basically, like, a, uh, almost amusing and often very cringy, uh, comedy featuring Sammo Hung and his little crew of the lucky stars, uh, bookended by Jackie Chan doing really cool shit. (laughs) So, like the movie starts with Jackie Chan, he's a cop, and uh, his other uh, fuck, his other cop friend who or his partner is like another famous person. Oh, Yuen Biao. And so it starts out with them chasing down these two mobsters. Like they've come from Hong Kong and they've tracked him down to Tokyo. Uh, and they have this really cool like foot chase through a subway station that leads into a really cool car chase where Jackie Chan and uh, his partner are in this little car and they like jump these little fences in and it's cool and there's one one part where they're on the freeway or the highway it's only two lanes whatever uh and jackie chan's boxed in behind these two big trucks uh, and the other cars in front of them and so they uh they notice that the truck right in front of them is a truck with like a like a car transporting truck that has a giant ramp so jackie chan like hits the accelerator hits a button on the back that releases the ramp for the truck and then he guns it and then launches off the truck over another car to continue the chase and it's really cool and it's also funny because in the wide shot where they got the jump you can see that the driver uh who's not jackie chan all of a sudden also has a helmet on so i'm glad they were safe (laughs) but it's just funny to notice that and so they chase him down to this theme park where i guess the mafia's like base is and like jackie chan like free climbs a ferris wheel and then to, like, so they can, like, try and see and find, like, two guys. They find them, fight, it's pretty cool, and then all of a sudden these ninjas show up, <laughs> and then it's just a fight with these ninjas in the middle of a theme park, and, uh, Jackie Chan's partner gets kidnapped, Jackie Chan gets away, and he needs help, but they, all the, the gang members know all of the Hong Kong cops, so Jackie's like, get my old buddies from the orphanage, and it's Sammo Hung in his, like, crew, and then so the next fucking, like, 60, 70 minutes of the movie is Sammo Hung, uh, getting all of his old crew back through all these, like, weird hijinks, and, like, some of it's, like, kind of funny, but, like, not much, uh, or not really, whatever, um, gathers him up, the, like, Hong Kong police chief or whatever, who's, like, organizing all this, teams them up with this woman, and then there's, like, 20 minutes of, like, really cringy, like, they're not, like, exactly rape jokes but there's like sexual assault they do this whole thing like seriously for like 10 minutes or more there's a bit where they have to spend the night in the house with this woman and they'll send in one of the guys to her room and then two of the other guys dressed up as ninjas will come in and act like they're robbing the place and then tie them together like tie the guy and the girl together so that it's they get a chance to touch her and then one of the other guys will come in, save them, they'll all leave, and then the ninjas will come back and, like, tie, so they keep, like, shifting around to where they all get a chance to be tied to this woman, uh, it's very gross and weird, uh, not very funny, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, we get, like, more of that until we finally get to, they all get to fucking Hong Kong, and they meet up with Jackie, and they, uh, try to they go to like attack the mafia or whatever it is to get the other cop back and there's a cool sequence where Jackie Chan has to go through like a haunted house in the theme park in order to get to the base and so it's like Jackie Chan just going through this haunted house and like fighting people and like killing them which is rare for a Jackie Chan movie usually he just knocks people out but in this he like stabbed a few people with swords and he like blasted away a guy with a gun weird for a Jackie Chan movie but I guess he is a cop in this, well, he's a cop, in whatever, and then, yeah, then there's, like, a big, uh, a big fight between the Lucky Stars and the gang, and, like, you know, they're all pretty good fighters, Samahong, it's cool to see him fight, because he's, like, a bigger dude, and he moves real fucking quick, it's cool shit, uh, the girl ends up, her, like, counterpart that she has to fight is this woman named, uh, Michiko Nishiwaki, who's, like, a bodybuilder, and they, like, have these shots of her, like, flexing before she fights and she's just she's cool (laughs) it was badass i wasn't expecting that and uh yeah i don't know then they they win and it ends like on a silly song i don't it's a fine movie the uh nothing too special there is some like really cool action that that car jump at the beginning was sweet of course all of the jackie chan fighting was fun but man that middle section it's just over an hour of like real mediocre comedy which like I know it was a different time and all of that, but still, it's just not great. Yeah, you could probably skip this one or, like, look up clips on YouTube or some shit. So, yeah, my lucky stars, I'll give it, uh, I give it three stars. Not sure if I would call them lucky, though. And, yeah, with that, I guess that's it for, uh, this week of the August Rush and of Consume. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. I've been Bert and Olivier at Zor on everything if you have any questions, comments, recommendations, whatever. Uh yeah, and with that, it's time I disappear.